Hello, and welcome to WOW Reads, a podcast of the Worlds of Words Center of Global Literacies and Literatures, which is committed to creating an international network of people who share the vision of bringing books and children together, thereby opening windows on the world. We encourage thoughtful dialogue around global literature so that children can reflect on their own cultural experiences and connect to the experiences of children across the globe. Worlds of Words Teen Reading Ambassador Initiative offers middle and high school students a college experience within the University of Arizona College of Education that focuses on books for teens. Ambassadors learn about young adult literature under the direction of faculty and staff with expertise in children's literature, education, library, science, and marketing. We respectfully acknowledge the University of Arizona is on the land and territories of the indigenous peoples. Today, Arizona is home to 22 federally recognized tribes, with Tucson being home to the Odom and the Yaqui. Committed to diversity and inclusion, the university strives to build sustainable relationships with sovereign Native nations and indigenous communities through education offerings, partnerships, and community service. Okay, so <clears throat> we are talking about Echoes of Grace by Guadalupe Garcia McCall, which is about a teenage girl named Grace, and she is going through tragedies of life and figuring out history behind her mom's story while trying to figure out her own stuff. It flashes back between present and a year ago, which, three years? Oh, three years ago, <laughs> which is kind of a tricky read sometimes because you don't know when she's talking about in some pages. Um, Grace goes through what her mom went through as a generational trauma situation where her grandmother is talking to her, but it's not her grandmother. It's her mother's story. Um, Grace is a, I guess the word would be, how would you say, um, like visuals? Like the echoes part? Yeah, the echoes part. What would you say that was, is... Like a visual representation. She has paranormal skills. Yeah, what paranormal. Is what is the word? Yeah. Um, Supernatural. Clairvoyant. Is that yeah, the word? clairvoyant. Yeah, it's when you can talk to dead people. That's kind of maybe just yeah. It's like a mix of clairvoyant and paranormal situations, which is actually makes the book very much interesting because she feels all of it. She feels every emotion. She feels every fear, every happiness, and it's just her trying to grow up while her sister is dealing with the tragedy of the loss of her son. And Grace just wants to rebond with her and open up that relationship again, which is such a powerful emotion in the story. Oh, that's a great summary, Alyssa. Let's, how about, how about real quick we um, introduce ourselves and then get into it. That's, that's a, you gave us a lot of stuff to chew on. Yeah. I'm Rebecca. I'm also Rebecca. <laughs> I'm Sarah. I'm Echo. I'm Melissa. I'm Itzel. All right. So what what was the most salient point of the book for you, Itzel? I really like the aspects of, um, ironically, generational trauma, only because I feel like um, it's definitely real in all communities, whether you're a person of color um, or not. And so I really appreciated just, like, um, the aspects to generational trauma and like the bonds with mothers and grandmothers and stuff like that and the way that um, the author put it so delicately but also didn't shy away from sort of 
<clears throat> like pinpointing um, the growth and kind of like setbacks that happen when you're dealing with that. So I really appreciated those aspects. Um, so I kind of like the generational trauma too, like as bad as that <laughs> sounds, but it's because it resonates with me because they are, they're coming from a Hispanic household or Grace is coming from a Hispanic household and it related to me because what her father does, my father does. What her grandmother did, my family members do. And it's just, it, it's amazing to see it written down and it's not perfect. It's not like the perfect fairy tale story that you usually get when it comes to books of color that want to make it perfect at the end. It ends off on a, well, what happens next? What's gonna, what's, what's the next tragedy gonna be? So that's what I really liked. Also, again, with the generational tragedy. Um, and also just beautifully how it's written and then how she incorporates the supernatural where, like, she gives clear hints where you kind of, like, start to realize Grace isn't herself. She's playing as her mother when it goes back to, like, the three-year time skips or, like, subtle little hints until, like, it's fully revealed. And how she just plays into that. Alert. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like, how it, just, it plays into that is just so beautifully written. And then kind of like when she goes back and tells her family like what happens, how like you see how it kind of like helps them. And then you see like how her relationship with her dad gets a bit better, how her, her, and, her, her and her sister get better, and how, like how they're moving on, they're feeling better. And then her and her sister go on and live the goal of their life, go to college finally. I really enjoyed meeting with the author of this book because we found out how much she incorporated of her own personal life into this book with her relationship with her siblings and how um, she had a child at a really young age and had to work with her family and figure out how to manage that in college. And a really big event that happens right at the beginning of the story was also inspired by something that the author witnessed, and she also incorporates her culture into it. So I really loved seeing that she really put so much of herself into this book. So yeah, we need to thank the Tucson Festival of Books for bringing um, Guadalupe Garcia McCall to Tucson, where we got to meet her and talk about her process. And that was not only a fascinating conversation, but we got to moderate one of those sessions. Um, which was very um, powerful for me, for this group. What was your impression on meeting her? Um, I can go first. I think what really resonated with me was just the advice she gave for young people, especially just like, it, it resonated with me because I'm an oldest daughter, so, and I have a younger sibling. We're both very different, but she just kind of was like, you gotta do things to, for yourself, much like, um, kind of what Grace is learning in her book. And so I think just like the advice that she gave and also just how vulnerable she was. I think a lot of the times like authors are vulnerable vulnerable in their stories, but not so much in real life. Like you can kind of feel the, like the wall that they put up. But here it was very just like laid back low key. It felt like I was talking to one of my tias, which was cool. Like she was just kind of like, she was just like a role model, which was really nice. So I was able to take kind of what she said about her own life and her books and apply it to my life, which I really liked. Honestly, she was such a sweetheart. Um, like Itzel said, she was very um, 
talkative. She was very open about what she was feeling when she was writing, why it resonated with her. And it did feel that way because when she did talk about, well, coming from a Hispanic household where you're the oldest daughter, you have to do so many things for your siblings. You have to be there for them more. And me being that for my family, it's, I know that feeling. So that's, like, that was a resonate with her. So I think that's why I saw it. Like, you can, she made it seem like you can always see a piece of yourself in her. And that was, like, the best feeling from an author you can ever get. And then after the the meet, the moderation session that we had with her, me and Echo were still able to talk to her. And she was still opening up about why these are important topics to talk about and why we need to talk about them as a new generation. I just love how with each question we asked, she always went, like, into, like, very de detail into every little thing. Like, the question could be, like, just something broad, but, like, she'll have something, like, deep to go into it. And then, like, how it's outside, she felt like someone how you already knew, like, she was a Thea. So it was just, like, really easy to talk to her. Any final thoughts or reflections, Sarah? We haven't heard much from you. Yeah, well, um, what I was really thinking about was kind of her message of sisterhood and female empowerment and shifting that narrative from telling, you know, young girls or women, be careful, dress a certain way, act this way so you don't attract, you know, the wrong. She's like, it's not about that, and we need to connect and be there for each other and, and kind of change these narratives. And then also... What I thought was fantastic was how she talked about writing the characters. She wouldn't kind of force their story. She waited for characters to come to her and tell her their story. And she talked about how sometimes they visit her in, you know, in the middle of the night. She wakes up and she has this story she has to put down. And it was just this powerful um, way that she um, talked about her writing. So... Um, to add on to that, she you can tell that her writing is so very important to her and is a part of her majorly because the whole waking up in the middle of the night, she talked about her characters as if they were a real person who had to really talk to her with such a wide stance of, I want you to know who I am. And that was something that every writer does, but not the way she said it. Like, every writer is like, I wanted to write this story with this character perfectly. I wanted them to be their own person. The way she described it, they were their own person. It was something that really happened. It was someone who existed in the world. Also, adding on to what Alyssa said, she also embraced, like, the characters' imperfections in a way. Like, they were actual people. And I think a lot of the times in YA, especially in, like, YA movie adaptations, like, the people are, like, 20 years old and, like, flawless and, like, 120 pounds. And I'm like, girl, um, excuse me, I am struggling in my actual life, please. So it was, like, it, it was real in a sense that, like, yeah, I'm struggling with the things that the characters are struggling in. Like, I look like those characters. I feel what those characters are feeling. Like, um, it's not just about, like, finding the right guy or finding the right career. It was, like, all of the things in between that I really appreciated. Alessa, it feels like you're not quite finished with the book. You're still... No, I finished it, but, like, there's... <laughs> it, no, there's I think, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, you... It feels like you're reading it and rereading it, and you, like, it's, like being a steady presence for you right now.
Um, it's honestly because of how much the book meant to me. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking a photo off real quick. <laughs> it's honestly because of how much the book um, meant to me. In WOW, we read a lot of books. And it's not that they don't resonate with me, guys. Um, it's more that all the books with people of color, they tend, well, except in one of them, they tend to be more of a male stance. Like, Anger is a Gift was a male stance. A lot of the stories in, um, I can't remember the title. What happened in the book? Oh, it was the different stories of um, Native Americans. Oh, um, wait, oh the poetry Ancestors book? Approved yeah. by Cynthia Lydic-Smith. Yeah, and Ancestors Cynthia Approved, there was, that it's Ancestors Approved, I don't remember who it by. Um, there was so many stories, and yes, there were some female stories. It was a mainly men. It was mainly men, and in, even in the female stories, um, there was some words that weren't correctly put in place. I'm not gonna lie, just because when you're analyzing a book the way I do, I tend to look at every small point. What did this word mean? Why was this word included? And that's just how my brain works. Which is why this book means a lot, because every word was written so perfectly, so beautifully. It wasn't just, bam, this happened, or bam, that happened. It was, like, a part of a bigger picture, and I want to find out. If this was a movie adaptation, I'd be the first one with tickets. Did you hear that, Hollywood? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like... crying my eyes out I watching. Would, I, would, yeah. I would buy it, like... Off the bat, no questions asked. Just rewatching and rewatching. Yeah. Hey, the writers. <laughs> That's right, we're in the middle of our writers' I know, a shout out to the strikers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't All cross right. the picket line, Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, that they will negotiate something yeah. that is, uh, you know. $30.5 million. You know something? One well, note's so weird. There's so many books that they make, at, like, they're running out of ideas. So they're making some really awkward movies and there's so many books that deserve a movie shot like this one like this yeah. one mm-hmm. i don't know i thought super mario bros was pretty cool oh my okay. god <laughs> anyway <laughs> well let's say a big thank you to guadalupe yeah thank you thank you you are now my new hero yeah. Oh, yeah. and thank you to liam arias our sound engineer thank Yay, you to liam. sarah logan our lit discussant Yikes, thank you to the digital innovation and learning lab here in the college of Arizona the College of Education at the University of Arizona, where we get to record while reads. And one final note, if you are listening to this podcast and you have a question for one of our ambassadors or about the program, you can email wow at arizona.edu. That's W-O-W at Arizona, A-R-I-Z-O-N-A, dot E-D-U.